All right. Welcome, everybody, on this fine May 18th. Um, and I, I have to bring Connor back onto the podcast because it's time to talk baseball. And How's it going? To talk about that with me. How you doing, C? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. All right, man. Well, um, it's good to have you back. And I guess let's get right into it. I mean, it, it looks – it appears – I mean, who knows, right, What what's going to end up happening. But it seems like it's leaning towards there being an 82-game season starting in the start of July with maybe some spring training games. Before that, um, it'll be in home ballparks if those local governments allow that, which for the most part they – probably will but again that's not my decision um and we'll have it'll be a universal dh and um so i guess i'll just start off by asking you what do you how do you feel about this proposal and some of these new rules i mean it feels great that it's gonna come back because like right baseball around this time is just like something that at least for me has always been something that i've been looking forward to it's different and yeah it, it's <laughs> like just it just not having baseball it's like it's weird and for like at least for them to propose like coming back into it especially since baseball like you would think that'd be the last team ish at this time because of the amount of people it takes to actually like get a game going like for them to be proposing to like start as soon as they are proposing to is is actually like incredible that they're moving this fast right exactly i mean hey like you know, some of these rules may be kind of wacky, but baseball's baseball, right? At the end of the mm-hmm. day, being able to turn on root sports and watch the Mariners lose by eight, you know, it's pretty much one of the best feelings out there. So I guess I'll just ask you to go through some of these, you know, stand. I don't know exactly how the they're saying it's going to be in regions, east, west, stuff like that, but we don't know exactly who's going to be in each region. So I'll just ask you who you think that your main, um, playoff contenders are or I'll just I'll just ask you to give me like a, a top five teams and then we'll kind of go from there just in each co- in each like conference or just in general top five yeah just in general top five world series contenders all right so obviously this pains me to say Yankees are up there especially since they got Garrett Cole like that was their yeah. one weakness last year was their pitching especially their starting pitching after James Paxson was struggling and Severino got hurt so they're definitely up there um I would say the Braves would, um, even though they lost Donaldson, they're still I think uh, one of the best teams that would be in the NL and just and they're and Acuna and Albies are supposed to get better, so I assume that their team their team would still be up there. Um, let's see, I still have to put the Nationals up there. Like they lost Rendon, but they still got a bunch of like players. They got Castro in the offseason. They got uh, uh some reliever from the Astros. I forget what his name, but they still like they still like one of the best rotations in baseball, so they got to be up there. Um, hmm. I'm gonna go on a limb. I'm gonna go off like one a surprise. Not necessarily a top five, but a surprise team that I could see this year is the White Sox. Like yeah. they picked up a, a lot of good players. Like they pick up Grandall, which and Lich, even though him and McCann have the same hitting stats, like Grandall is a way better fielder, right? And they also picked up Edwin, which is gonna be really good. For DH, and they also picked up Mazzara, which will like, which will fill the gap somewhat that Garcia, uh, that Abisail Garcia, uh, when he got traded, just kind of went down. Then for the fifth, um, of course you got to put the Dodgers up there, like just the amount of players they have, plus they added Betts and Price. Like you can't not put right. them up there. 
Yeah, I, I have to notice you didn't put the Astros in there. What are you thinking about Houston? I just um, – I'm not saying they're not going to be a great team, even though, like, yes, they did the cheating scandal, but they have great players. I just don't think – like, they lost Garrett Cole, which is a big thing. They lost Chirinos, which uh, doesn't seem like a big hit, but now they're replacing with Maldonado, which is a big downgrade. And it just – and like a, a bunch of their like not their like core players, but like the reserve players, like Josh Reddick, I don't think he's gonna have a great year. Um, Guriel, I don't think he's gonna have a great year. It just other than their core players, I don't think they're gonna have the success they've had the past three seasons. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I think they're still gonna probably win the. Well, I I don't know if there'll be a AL West as we know it, but I think they'll still be yeah. you know around contention for the playoffs definitely, but. You're right. I mean, they lost Garrett Cole, who was probably the probably the best pitcher in baseball last year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Justin Verlander isn't getting any younger. Um, neither is Jose Altuve, and even Springer at that. They lost Will Harris over in the bullpen, and uh, yeah, they won't be able to cheat this year either. So probably a bit that of a downgrade true. for Houston. Yeah. Is is <sighs> is there any scenario where? You know, I mean, I, I don't want to get our hopes up at all, but is there any scenario where a shortened season might leave a window for the Mariners to do some crazy thing and sneak into the playoffs? No. <laughs> and and here and here's why. Because last year they got rid of all their good players and they're building up. And Hanniger just and the, and their key player Hanniger is coming up an injury, so you don't know if he's going to be the same this year. So you're really relying on Daniel Vogelback to hit bombs, which. He can, but can you rely on one player, especially with that putrid pitching rotation and bullpen to really carry it? Like, it's just, I don't see it happening. Yeah, you know, I I, I do agree with you. I think the Mariners are definitely going to be bad this year. Um, and it's not going to be exciting, but hopefully, you know, we can root for, if there's a minor league season, because e- even though there's probably going to be an MLB season, they're saying there might not be a minor league season because it's shortened already anyway. But hopefully we can see the progression of guys like Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez, and ideally next year would be the year. Um, what about the – I'm just kind of throwing out teams here at this point. What about the Los Angeles Angels picking up Anthony Rendon? That is a good move, and I and I could see that really bolstering up the hitting now that they have Trout, Upton, and Rendon in that, in that lineup. But I just can't trust their pitching, like – the only move they picked up Dylan Bundy and Julio Tehran, which aren't bad arms, but they're definitely not like cornerstones right. for a good rotation. So who would be their one? Would it be now that R- Richards has gone for a couple of years, who would be their one? I mean, I just don't. Yeah. I mean, probably, I mean, Tehran had like a 3.8 ERA last year. So he might be looking like an ace to be honest. He does. He isn't, he, I'm not saying he's a bad pitcher. I just yeah. don't think he could be an ace on a team right. that's in contention. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, again, I love the move to get Rendon. You put Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout, like that's something else. But like you said, mm-hmm. with the Angels, their problem really wasn't their hitting necessarily. We already knew they had Trout, Simmons, Otani. Um, but really, it was their pitching. And they were bottom 10 in the league in ERA last year. Um, they might have even been bottom five. They were a really bad pitching team mm-hmm. last year. And, yeah, I don't think they did enough to solve that. No. And the biggest, and I think the biggest concern for at least a short term is is Pujols contract. Like he's still there for two years, and he's still like getting twenty four mil a year or something around that. So until Pujols is gone, you can't really add 
great pitching. So I think it's going to be another two years. If they keep Rendon for like two to three years, and and of course they're going to keep Trout, and if they keep Upton and Otani, then I think they can add a good pitching, uh, good spot to even the bullpen or the or the rotation to actually make them competitive. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, at some point you have to build like an actual formidable contender around Trout. You can't have one of the probably the greatest player of our generation who's played in what one postseason series at this point. And got swept in that series. Yeah, and by the way, he hit like 150 in that series or something like that. Yeah, Royals pitching went off in that year. Yeah, the the fact that the Royals won the 2015 World Series is still just an anomaly. I mean, eh, I could. I mm, mean, I don't think they made the 2014 World Series, so it it makes sense. But true, I guess. All right. Well, I'll ask you. Um, I'll ask you who you have winning the World Series, and who do you, who are they going to be? Winning the World Series. Uh, for going East West, which I'm assuming it's going to be. I think out of the West, I. It's been, this prediction has been out there for year for the past three years, and it hasn't happened for some reason. But I'm going to go to it again. I think it's going to be Yankees versus Dodgers in the World Series. Like the past three, I I, I hate to say it because it's such a generic like guess. But looking at those two teams, like what the Yankees added and what the Dodgers added, like those two teams, I think are the teams to beat in a league. Now, if we think about who's going to win it, um, it's tough because they're both really like close competitively. Because if you think about it, they both have a really good ace in Bueller and and uh, Cole. They have good uh, secondaries with Kershaw and uh, Paxton. Uh. You have to deal with Kershaw's postseason pitching, though. That is that is that is true, um, and but and the Dodgers lost Hinjin Ryu, which is a right. which was their three guy. Exactly. Uh, good for him getting paid by like by Toronto for like a crap ton of yeah. money. Uh, I hate to say this, but I think the Yankees are gonna win it. Yeah, and I yeah uh, yeah. yeah I hate to say it because like. But looking at their infield, like Luke Voigt's on the coming. You got LeMayhew at second. You got freaking Glaber Torres, who's an absolute stud at short. And then you can switch out uh, Miguel Andujar and Gio Urshela at third. And then topple with the outfield of Judge, Hicks, Gardner, and Stanton with that rotation, with that bullpen. I don't think I don't think anyone's going to beat them in the World Series. Yeah, honestly, I think you made a good point. I mean, especially like the Dodgers lineup has been so good. Just the Dodgers all around have been so good the past two years. And now you get Mookie Betts? Like, that mm-hmm. lineup is going to be something else. And, yeah, they'll probably be headed to another World Series. Um, and I would say – I, I want to say that the Atlanta Braves can have a rebound from last year. Um, okay. You know, I, will they make the World Series? Probably not. But I do think that they have a good young core to build around. True. If if the Dodgers don't win the World Series this year, it's going to be really upsetting because more than likely Betts is not resigning with the Dodgers, and you gave up Verdugo and two of the prospects for that. So if you don't win the World Series with that lineup, that's just a freaking fail. Right. Exactly. The Dodgers are in it to win now. Um, we'll get back to it as I mentioned um, to you earlier. We have to stop it every ten minutes or so, but we will get back to it after the break. All right. We talked a little bit about World Series and some of these teams. 
I want to get your opinion on MVP front runners. Who you think is going to win MVP and and Cy Young and people that you think can just have standout seasons for both East and West. Um, let's see. Um, for the let's start with the West. Um, the safest bet is to say Mike Trout because like he's always yeah. in contention. But I don't want to be that generic and say just him. But if we're going off West, that means NL teams in the West are gonna are going to be in contention for that. So I'm gonna say Cody Bellinger wins it this year for the West for MVP. And then Cy Young for the West, I'm gonna say is Walker Bueller because he just he's up and coming. He's like I use that loosely. He's up and coming. He's had really good stud years, and I think he's only getting better and better. And then for the East, shoot, because I don't really know what's going to be considered East. Um, let's see. You know what? I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say Acuna wins it. Uh, it just because everyone's going to say someone from the Yankees, like Judge or Torres or or like Yelich or someone from the Cubs. I'm going to say it's Ronald Acuna because just based off his statistics and how it's up and coming, like there's no way he's not going to win one the next couple of years. And then for Cy Young, it's between it's between Cole and DeGrom. I don't really know to choose between those two. Yeah, that'll be tough. Like Jesus, New York has some really good pitching. Yeah, but then you can't you can't count out Scherzer either. God damn it! Um, right, jeez. Like there's so many options. Well, have, I mean, you have Strasburg too. Not that he's on the same caliber, but but he's still a great pitcher. And then you also have yeah. Syndergaard who. It's been yeah. iffy, but like you never know when he's gonna pop off. We but... know what he's capable of. Exactly. Um, I'll just say Jacob Degrom. It's a safe bet. He's always putting a sub three ERA. He's always carrying his team. It's I'm putting uh, Degrom as the sideline for the East. All right. Yeah. Um, I think that I would say from the West, someone that again, I not necessarily that this person is gonna win. But um, if they are playing in the West, I mean, Cattell Marte from the uh, the Diamondbacks got a large share of the votes last year when he was on Arizona. I think he finished fourth. So, and if he wins it, heaven help the Mariners. I mean, letting Cattell Marte leave. That's just and, another one. Yeah, and he's an MVP caliber player now. But I do think that Acuna's, Acuna is going to get an MVP. I think that from the West, actually, potentially Nolan Arenado um, with the Rockies. I mean, we know how many RBIs he's capable of getting, mm-hmm. and every year he's up there in MVP contention. That and so, true. obviously, Trout's the safe bet, but I mean, he can't win it every year, right? True. Especially, and the thing is, especially if Anthony Rendon sort of splits votes with uh, Trout, potentially. Shoot, that, could hurt. that is... That, but then you can say the same thing with Bellinger. Shoot, I might have to switch right. my pick. Yeah. Go for it. You yeah, know what? Nope, screw it. I'm, I'm sticking with Bellinger. I just... Think got it. All right. I got to do it. He, he came in second last year in the NL, and even with Yelich getting hurt, I think Bellinger's going to one-up Yelich. Uh, not Yelich, because it's not really in the same league anymore, but I still think Bellinger's going to get it. Yeah. I mean... Bellinger, I, just last year in the NL, Bellinger and Yelich both had such amazing seasons that it's kind of criminal that, I mean, that they can't both win the MVP, honestly. I know Yelich got hurt, but he hit 
three thirty, I think, with what forty two home runs last year. Yep, and like close to hundred RBIs, and that was, yeah. and he got hurt in mid August or something like that, or like late yeah. August. Yeah, that's freaking insane. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I do think that in the East West proposal, it'll be interesting to see how much like parity there is in the league. I mean, we might get something weird where one league is completely just way better than the other. That, yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, I think the East will have a lot better pitching, but the West will have a lot better hitting. So if that were to come up in a World Series, that would be an interesting matchup. Like, Because if you think about all the hitters that are going to be in the West, think of the Dodgers, think of the Angels, think of even the Athletics, think of the Astros, uh, the Rangers. Like, You can't count Gallo any day of the week. But, and even Denver like versus the East with their pitching with both New York teams, Washington, um, Atlanta, you can kind of say Atlanta if you, like, get nitty-gritty with it, but not up to where New York is, but still. Like, the pitching is going to be way better in the East. You'll see a lot of of low-scoring games in the East, and in the West, you're going to see a lot of slug of, like, freaking 10-run games, like, on a a regular basis. Yeah, it was the old proposal that they had before this one um, had to do with with like divisions of five based on spring training location. Cause this was before they thought that any of the States were going to be available to play games. And now they're thinking they can probably do it in most of the home ballparks, but they were thinking they were going to have to do all of it in the spring training facilities. So they had the Mariners division was like the Mariners, the Padres, the Rangers, the, it was just a terrible division. Like the yeah. Rays. Even, like, even, oh even, st- even in that division, we get freaking blasted. Oh yeah, we would find we would find a way to screw it up somehow. But even yeah, I glad you mentioned the Padres because I think a lot of people are overlooking the Padres. If you look at their acquisitions, like they got two really stud outfielders uh, in this offseason. They got Avicel Garcia, which isn't a household name, but he's still a slugger. And you get Tommy Pham, who's been very low key producing a lot for the Cardinals and the Rays. And top that with Machado, Hosmer, Myers, and Fernando Tatis. Like, yeah. plus with the young arms, young players of Paddock and uh, Francisco Mejia, that team in a couple of years is going to be freaking filled. That's all I'm saying. If they can get, if they can get the necessary pitching help, they there could be really nasty in a couple of years. True, exactly. I mean, and they have for this year they have Garrett Richards, right? I mean, he's not that great, but he's still he's still a veteran arm who's more of a mentor at this point. Right, exactly. So that I mean, the Mariners would definitely still not win that division, no matter who you put in it. I mean, you could put twelve U Little League baseball teams in the Mariners final week of the season. But yeah. uh, we have we're at about seven minutes here. I want to get back to you for one more segment about some uh, some more bigger picture baseball topics, not necessarily just tied down to this season. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's cool, and uh, we'll get back to it. All right. All right, welcome back. So we talked about how this season might end up shaking shaking out, but I want to talk to you about some topics that are just always controversial, mm-hmm. um, if that's cool, because that's always fun. Yep. So the first thing I'm going to start us off with is, should the Astros have the 2017 title vacated? 20, mm. I'm going to say yes, but for not for the reason you're going to think. 
Because a lot of people are saying, a lot of people are going to say that they were going, that the Dodgers would have kicked their butt if they didn't, because I've been, I've been looking at it. But like, I don't think the Dodgers are the real team that should be, that felt like they got stripped. I think the real team that got stripped is the Yankees. If you really look, if you look at the ALCS, there's a reason why the Astros or like, even look at Altuve. He hit around like 487 at, at home games in that series and hit like 182 at road games. Is that a coincidence? No, top of the fact that the Yankees scored, like, what, seven runs a game at home versus, like, what, four on the road? And if you look – and if looking side by side, even without Sten, the Yankees were a better team than the Astros, if you just look at it. Like, I I think – yeah, so I think they should get stripped a bit. Or even if they don't get stripped, like, the players should face consequences. Because, like, the way the league handled it, where they punish the GM and the coach – Yes, but also the players have to feel some sort of punishment because, like, what did what was their punishment? They nothing happened to the actual yeah. players, so I don't. I feel like that because of that, but they're not going to feel the regret or feel like they have to own up to their responsibilities. And when they see Chapman in the fr- next year and they get one hundred and three to the neck, they're going to feel like, why is this happening? Like, yeah, exactly. I agree. I mean. I don't know if the title should be stripped or not by the MLB. Like, would it be better to have no one have won the 2017 World Series in the history books? I I don't know. Maybe. Either way, it comes with a huge asterisk now. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, whether you say they officially have it or not, we all know that it's tainted. Um, But I I do think that what you said about, yeah, the players barely didn't really face any consequences. I mean, they lost the team and the organization lost a couple draft picks, but what's really at stake for the Astros here is their reputation. So it would have been the, nice if they were suspended or something. True. And the problem with taking away the draft picks is that the Astros already had already have drafted their farm system right. to perfection. So even though you're taking away the GM and you're going to take away a couple of draft picks, they still got a, a bunch of studs in that farm system that are, that are going to come up eventually and are going to make that team good. So Punishing them by taking away two, like one year of, of first and second round draft picks is not going to do squat if you're trying to punish the team. Yeah, exactly. Okay, next next question: Barry Bonds Hall of Fame, yes or no? All right, I'm going to say yes, and I uh, my reason is I I took this from Max Kellerman because he has a really good uh, reason for this. So what he this is how he explained it. So he said that. There's obviously a big, like a big, like noticeable change of when Bonds like started using roids or not. Like first off, in physical appearance, second in numbers, and I think you have to look at before that noticeable like change in numbers and in like appearance. Was he a Hall of Fame player? And I'm gonna say for sure because even if you even if you take away the hitting, which is outstanding, he was one of the best fielders in the league, and he and he consistently put up what 30 stolen bases a year i think that's a lot of like people think that he's just a big hitter no he has the defensive skills and the running ability that is like next to none like and he still had like 400 so home runs before his whole roid situation back in like what 99 so yeah i I definitely think he should be in the hall of fame this is where i mean i have to disagree with you honestly i mean I do – I agree with what you're saying, that he was a great player even before the steroids. Like, I think he was a – we don't know exactly using steroids, but he was mm-hmm. MVP, I think, before he really – the consensus that he was on steroids is. Um, mm-hmm. 
he was still a great player. And I think that maybe without steroids, he would have been a Hall of Famer. But with that being said, when he used steroids, that that's it's cheating. You know, it's tainting the game. And so whether or not he would have been a great player without it, I don't really think it matters because, you know, he did cheat and he used an illegal substance to get an unfair advantage. So I think that no matter how good he was, that should disqualify him. Okay. Now, I mean, I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that I'm not saying if he would be a great player, if he didn't, I'm saying before he took roids, would he have been a hall of fame player then and there? And I think people are on the fence in terms of that. It, I guess for me, the put the push towards him being in is just his defensive building ability. I guess that's what pushed me over, but you, I could see both ways. Uh, I can see both arguments, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. Now, Pete Rose, I, I agree with what I agree with what, I, I see what I don't agree with what you're saying. I see what you're saying. That took me mm-hmm. a long time to say, but yeah, I definitely <laughs> see what you're saying. Uh, now, yeah. Pete Rose, on the other hand, I do think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, for sure. Like, yes, he betted against. Was it for or against his team? I I, I forget. Did he bet for? I think it was against for his team. Yeah. Then, then that's the stupidest thing because I don't care if you're betting. He didn't like. This isn't the same with like Bonds or Clemens. He never used PEDs. He had over 4,000 hits, most in history, like, of just the MLB. And, like, the amount of, like, like first off, he won a couple of rings, which is good. He has most hits. His defense was really good up until his later years, of course, but that's because of age. But, like, how can you not put him in the Hall of Fame? Like, he didn't – and he's betting for his team. He's not throwing away games, right. like, for money. Like, he should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. That's ridiculous that he's not in. Right, well, he wasn't even a player. I mean, regardless of the fact that he wasn't even throwing games, he had no sort of impact on the game by that point anyway. So, Oh, for sure not. So, yeah, it, it's it's just ridiculous. But speaking of Pete Rose, who, in your opinion, is the quote-unquote true hit king, Pete Rose or Ichiro? That's tough because you can look at it based off just – American like Major League Baseball, but then you gotta understand. But you also gotta understand that like Japanese baseball is still up there in competition. Uh, I'm kind of torn, but I'm gonna say Ichiro for for not just because he, if you combine his Japanese hits, he has more than Pete Rose. Let's tackle the fact that he's had ten consecutive years to start his career with 200 hits, and he holds a single season record for hits with 262. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, I mean, back in Japan, they wouldn't back then they wouldn't let you go straight to the MLB. So he had to play professional in Japan first. And his numbers in Japan were slightly better average wise than in America, but not that much better. I mean, he hit 350 his rookie season in Seattle. So it's not unreasonable to think that he would have been putting up lots of hits in his age. I don't know, 22 through 27 seasons had he been in Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. On top of that, you add his ja- you add his Japan hits with his America hits, obviously he's the hit king. And the crazy part about it, they played. So really, if anything, that is true. a disadvantage for him being in Japan. Mm-hmm. And Pete Rose played like, what, 23 or 24 years in a league? And Ichiro's played like, like four or five seasons less than him. Right. If you include his Japanese. Right. And Ichiro, I mean, the tail end of his career, like ages 41 through 45, he was barely playing just sporadically. So. 
mm-hmm. count. Yeah, so that's what so that basically is 15 years in the league versus like 22 or 24. Like, that's insane. Yeah, so I know that we talked about this earlier. I can't remember what you said as to whether or not we have the same uh, Mary Rushmore of I have uh, Ken Griffey Jr., Felix Hernandez, Edgar Martinez, and Ichiro. Was that the same four that you had? Or so yeah, Ken Griffey for sure, Felix for sure. Yeah, you got you got to put those four up there. Just like like for Edgar, it's because he like he spent his entire career in Seattle and he was super consistent. Ken Griffey Jr. possibly if he had no injuries could have been the goat of baseball. Uh, Felix, the best pitcher in Mariner history, and then each row is each row. So yeah, I don't think you could put any four up, any other four right. up there. I mean, the only like who else? Who else? The is only there? one that would even come close to mind is Randy. But the thing is, you know, Randy's in Cooperstown with another team's hat on his head. So true, and he only spent like seven years with the Mariners versus everyone else who spent at least ten or twelve. Right, and just. You know, there, there's probably a, realistically only room for one pitcher on there. And Felix meant so much to the city with still the most recent perfect game ever. He won the ERA mm-hmm. title twice, won a Cy Young once, should have been twice, stayed with Seattle despite some of the worst run support in baseball history. Just an icon. Yep. Kings Court, just an icon to the city. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just those four, not even the, their numbers, just the impact right. they had on the team. Right. Like, Griffey and Edgar pretty much saved baseball in Seattle with a couple of other helpers. Uh, but uh, And then Ichiro, like, bringing over the, the whole Japanese support to the city and just becoming the face of the franchise for, like, the for that decade. Like, it just – yeah. You don't can't, you can't put anyone right. else up the, there. Those four are just irreplaceable, right? I mean, Griffey's obvious. Edgar hit 356 in 95. He hit the double, probably the most iconic play in Seattle sports history. Uh, and he's a Hall of Famer. Ichiro, you know, his 10 consecutive seasons of 200-plus hits. And then, obviously, Felix, the Kings court, the longevity in Seattle for Felix. There's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's, you can't put anyone else up there. All right. Well, unless you had anything else to add, um, we might end it here. I think I think we covered right, everything that we well, can. I appreciate you for coming on. And, hey, I'm just glad that there's looking like there's going to be a baseball season. So. Yep. Uh, See you next time.